Well, good afternoon. It is time for the final Community Conversations of 2023. And I'm so happy today that we are speaking with Ross Polpeter from Outlook Enrichment. Ross, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Good. Thank you so much for joining us. So I, I feel like we've met before, but I would love to hear about your background. So tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you were born, raised, education, all that good stuff. Um, absolutely. Uh, I was born and raised near Fort Madison, Iowa, which is on a very southeastern county in Iowa. Um, the youngest of four kids, um, both my brother and I have retinitis pigmentosa, which is a degenerative disease of the retina that slowly causes blindness. And we were both diagnosed when we were, uh, well, he was a teenager. I was, uh, 11 yeah. and, um, got to something we, you know, had to kind of get used to, you know, uh-huh. at an early age. Um, yeah, so we graduated from graduated from Fort Madison High School, uh, then went on to University of Iowa and uh, got a degree in psychology um, before I went out into the career. Um, but when I got into college, is when I got connected with the Iowa Department for the Blind. It's a VR agency similar to our Nebraska Commission for the Blind and Visually Impaired. Okay. And I received some... Um, Started getting services and received some skills training, um, learning, you know, Braille, cane travel, uh, adaptive technology and home management. And it's just something that, you know, when I went through that training, it really helped to, you know, build my, the confidence in myself and mm-hmm. it helped me to, you know, kind of develop the passion for teaching because mm-hmm. I started to, uh, teach other, uh, my fellow students, uh, from time to time. Well, that's super cool. So you started to lose your vision around 11? Or, with, or did- with RP, it's, you know, it's something you're born with. So, you know, even as, when I was first born, I technically oh. could have been losing my vision. But I really started to see the effects around when I was 11. Oh. Um, so playing like Little League was really tough for me because I couldn't see the pitches. It, it just moved too fast. Even for a Little League pitcher, it was too fast for me. Mm-hmm. Um you know, or, or like when I played outfield, uh, the ball got popped up in the air. I could lose it in the sky. Um, sure. You know, just some things I could track. I mean, I had a good throw. I had a good swing, but I just couldn't see that the, the ball was moved to the air. And um, so, you know, like when my oldest brother was 16, he got mm-hmm. his license. And but then he started almost having some accidents. So they tested his eyes. That's when they determined he had RP. Oh. I would have been eight. So when my next brother became 16 or 15, uh, they tested him, my sister, and myself. Uh I would have been 11 at that time, 10 or 11, and that's when they diagnosed me. So it's like, you know, I knew I had it. Like middle school, I started sharing with friends that I had RP uh, and what that meant, you know, meaning that, you know, I was going to lose my vision one day. Right. Um, And so when I got into high school, I had to kind of go into that idea of like, am I going to make you know, what am I going to do about my driver's license? You know, like, am I, is I, am I going to even bother taking driver's education? Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm even going to pursue that. And so I made that choice not to, because ah. um, I didn't want to be responsible for an accident. Um, sure. And I also didn't want to have to give it up later. Cause that's one of the hardest things for blind people to, especially people who lose their uh, vision later is you know, they give up their license because they feel like they're giving up their, Yep. independence yep absolutely so is rp hereditary 
Yeah, it is a genetic condition. Um, we have no prior family history. So in our case, it looks, it appears that, uh, you know, it's just one of those recessive genetic conditions that, you know, my mom had the recessive gene, my dad had the recessive gene and it wow. got, you know, 25% chance of, you know, having yeah. a kid with, uh, RP and they end up having two. Um, wow. That is so interesting. Well, tell us, so you are now the new program manager at Outlook Enrichment. So tell us, how, how did you get to this Outlook position? What were some of the previous jobs that led you here? Well, after, you know, I mentioned already that, you know, I trained in Iowa after college. Mm-hmm. And um, so one of the f- my first jobs I got pretty much out of college uh, after I got married was um, I worked for the here in Omaha at the League of Human Dignity. It's a non Center for Independent Living that provides services for people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, in that program, I worked as an independent living advisor and then also as a barrier removal program advisor. So the, the BRP program was a, a grant program that provided home modifications for families who are low to moderate income. So we provided grants to you know build a wheelchair ramp, install a stair lift, um, make accessible bathtubs or showers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and an independent living program was just, you know, we helped clients. Mostly it was, you know, helping clients uh, with information referral or service coordination, you know, helping people apply for Social Security or, you know, Medicaid. Um, and that job really helped for me to learn to work with people with all types of disabilities. You know, when I was in Iowa at the Department for the Blind, I was kind of focused, like, I want to work with blind people. You know, mm-hmm. I kind of got the... Uh, I call it the the VR bug where you're kind of like, I want to work with blind people. I want to train blind people. Um, And, but, you know, I worked for the league and I worked there for nearly eight years. And it really, you know, I got a sense of, okay, you know, there are people of all types of disabilities, Mm -hmm. mentals, uh, cognitive, uh, developmental, uh, physical, sensory, you know, and, you know, so I got a, I got a, like a wide range of experience uh, work with clients of all disabilities. So that, you know, I feel that helped me now because, you know, blind people aren't just, bl- now there are a lot of blind people who are not just blind. It's not their only disability. Okay. So I feel like I'm able to adapt my cane travel or my instruction, not just my cane travel, but all instruction, you know, to help accommodate for their, you know, their other disabilities. Right. Um, after I left the league, I joined the business enterprise program here in Nebraska. I wanted to kind of do something different for a while. Um, the business enterprise program is a program um, through the Nebraska Commission for the Blind and Visually Impaired where they, um, you know, allow blind people to act as or to become vendors uh, or licensees, you know, in a vending program. Uh, or, you know, they can also have a cafeteria. So I had a. Oh, vending uh, machine. Okay. I'm with you. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, cool. yeah. So the, I had a BE, I had very, various vending sites, excuse me, starting over my words, uh, throughout downtown Omaha, uh, the main post office on 13th and Pacific, City Hall, and a few other government buildings. Ooh, and places. yeah, they were good places. Um, you know, it, it was, you know, and I enjoyed that work. It was, Nice to be able to run my own business, to, you know, work with my own staff, kind of do my own thing. Um, you know, it's hard work. You know, the, the stock and a vending machine itself is not the 
hard word, but the, the, you know, the business side of it, you know, seeing what's selling, what's not selling, you know, how you price things, you know, the reports, everything like that. Um, you know, but it was a good challenge though. Yeah. And I, I, did, I did that for six years. Um, but you know, my family was growing. I, by that time I had two boys and I was like, Oh, I think I need a job that has benefits. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know yeah. I need dental vision and health insurance, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Um, so I started looking around and we found uh, a notice a job at the Iowa Department for the Blind. Um, and it was a as a VR teacher. Um, uh, so I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll try for it. You know, we didn't like the idea of moving out of Beaumont, but right. um, thought we'd go for it. And I was fortunate enough to get an interview and and got the job and the VR teacher, I was a field instructor. So I went out to, to small communities throughout uh, Western Iowa, uh-huh. um, teaching all the, the skills of blindness that uh, we mentioned already and um, loved that job. And the, I say, luckily I, I took that job because um, I started that job March 2nd of 2020. Oh, okay. 10 days later or however many days later, right. the world shut down. Yeah, which included all my vending sites. So, you know, so it's one of those things where, like, I was very fortunate um, to make a to to make that made that choice, and um, and I loved it. And and, you know, I got a a lot of great experience working for IDB for the last four uh, three and a half years. Um, You know, really improving on my own skills, but Uh then also be able to work with clients on the field and. You know, and most of the clients I worked with worked, like I mentioned, clients who, who's, uh, where blindness wasn't their only disability. So I was able to kind of really work with a lot of clients who, um, you know, so I had to kind of adapt the, the typical way of teaching the skills mm-hmm. to accommodate mm-hmm. for other disabilities. Right. And so you love that job. And then what happened after that? Well, then, you know, once again, I mean, I, I loved that job and the idea of me leaving that job was, was hard, but, you know, I wanted to, you know, see what, you know, there was a, any movement for our upward movement, I should say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my wife had noticed there was a job at Outlook, um, yeah. specifically the Outlook enrichment program manager. And it's like, well, why don't you just try? She told me. And I was like, okay, you know, not really thinking. I was like, well, I don't want to move again, you yeah. know, uh, yes. You know, moving cities, moving states. Um, didn't want to take the kids out of school, but I was like, "What the heck?" And <laughs> you know, and I so I went to this interview, and I got the phone interview, got the in-person interview, and I was like, "Oh, you know, they seem real interested." And the job is, you know, essentially running the day-to-day, you know, goings on of you know of a training center. Uh huh. Um, you know, it, it would be the next step up in my career. Right. Um, and yeah, and they, they gave me the job offer and I was like, so, you know, we had to sit down and really think like, is this, do we want to move? And yeah. it was, you know, she, my wife is originally from Omaha. She is blind herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has family here, of course. And yeah, so we, we made a choice like, yeah, this is a, this is a good move in our career that, you know, we'll be closer to her side of the family. And there was just a lot of, there were a lot of good things, you know, that kind of outweigh the, the cons. And so, sure. Um, and you know, I've, I've not regretted it since. 
Well, awesome. Well, congratulations on the new position. It sounds like you were made for this. So you're the program manager. So does that mean then, like you said, all the different uh, trainings, you're in charge of them? Yeah. So, you know, I kind of oversee all the the different programs that we offer on a day-to-day basis. In fact, um, during this holiday break, uh, most of my staff are on vacation, but I'm kind of just here manning the station, so to speak, uh, in case anybody calls or has questions. Um, You know, but yeah, I oversee our adaptive tech trainers, uh, you know, uh, work with uh, our activities coordinator, Megan Mackey. and then kind of oversee, you know, some of the other programs as, as need be, but also I do my own instruction as well. Very good. So let's start. You just mentioned adaptive technology. What is that exactly? And how, and how do you teach it? So our adaptive technology program uh, works with clients to, you know, learn, you know, the, the newest technology that, that provides accessibility for for our, for our blind people. Mm-hmm. So this could be learning to use your smartphone uh, and everything that goes along with that, whether it's magnification or using a screen reader, like voiceover okay. or talkback, okay. depending on your model phone. <clears throat> we also teach uh, computer skills. So a client needs to learn how to type, a uh, touch type specifically, or learn some other adaptive technology program like a screen reader or magnification software like ZoomText. Wow. Got it. Um, okay. Or JAWS or NVDA, we can teach that. We're working. Our tech trainers can also teach how to use VoiceOver on a MacBook. Oh. Uh, we have access to Chromebooks, uh, which has its own screen reader called Vox. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty much, you know, we work with the clients on a lot of different technology. Um, and there's not like we have a set course. It really is kind of client centric. You know, we if a client comes and says, "Hey, I got this." adaptive piece of technology yeah you know let's just say uh i got this device a talking compass can you show me how to use it you know whatever it might be yeah like like okay well let's work on this you know even if my tech trainers don't you know are not familiar with that tech we will we can we can try to figure it out yeah you know within limits um no but we we, will learn it ourselves and then we can work with you on you becoming comfortable you know I pride that, you know, myself and my, my tech trainers are people who can problem solve. And, you know, if we can't figure it out, you know, we'll certainly look up resources on how to do it and make sure the client is very comfortable accessing those resources. Yeah. Um, With technology, have you seen a lot of changes? I mean, there's gotta be just constant changes. I'm guessing. They're very much so because, you know, even just with smartphones, you know, you think, 20 years ago, you know, you could buy a color detector for, you know, hundred plus dollars, you know, they gave, you know, eh, good results, you know, but now with smartphones, there's apps available. Still, the results are not great because it always depends on lighting. But, you know, for, for another example, the iBill uh, was a device that came out, you know, however many years ago, you know, 15 plus maybe, you know, and that, that cost us $99. You know, and you could just, you know, identify currency. Well, now there are free apps available on smartphones. You know, to have that, the the technology on, all in one device that does multiple functions right. is such a change in the last couple of decades. Oh, and, it, yeah. you know, it's, it's such a low cost or free. Also, you know, the new the new thing in the last year or so, you know, with the invention of uh, 
AI. Yeah. And, uh, you know, chat GPT, I always mess that up. Um, you know, there are apps available that really have changed how we can access information. Um, for example, I, I'm not going to go too deep into this, but like Be My Eyes has a Be My AI feature that will really, you know, will identify, let's just say, I scan the back of a pizza box. Okay. It not only tells me to, like, oh, there's nutritional facts, cooking information, but also describes like the image on the box. Um, well, and it really kind of gives a, a lot of great detail about what's on that package. Um, and so that's like the big thing right now is using AI to really, you know, so that we can interpret the world. Yes. I can only imagine how awesome that is. So with all of this adaptive technology and all that good stuff coming down the pike, let's talk about Braille, which is kind of not so brand new. So we just had Shane in here the other day to talk with him. So tell us about Braille. I know that you guys teach that. Is this hard to learn? My mom keeps telling me to learn it, and I kind of like to. Is it easy to learn? Is it hard to learn? You know, when it comes to any skills, a blindness skill, it's it really kind of depends on the client. Some clients just excel at Braille. Some okay. are you know really just zip right through technology or cane travel. You know, so everybody has their strengths and their weaknesses. Sure. And so with Braille. You know, some clients pick it up very quickly. Some clients struggle with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is. It depends on the client themselves. Generally, no. You know, um, I feel that Braille is not too difficult to learn. It just might take some effort. You're essentially learning. You know, you are learning. I mean, it is English Braille, but you're yeah. learning a new alphabet system. You're l- learning to identify characters by their shapes using just your fingertips. Oh, my gosh. So it is a different mental process. Yeah. In a in a way. Um but it's not difficult. You know, generally it's not difficult to learn. Um I'm using the here at Outlook we're using the same uh, Braille learning system that we that I learned or that I t- used back in Iowa the Part for the Blind called the Code Master. Okay. And um uh, it's a very well organized book with um uh, with you know not only does it teach the Braille code, the the UEB Braille, Universal uh, Unified English Braille, excuse me. Um, but it also has a section that uh, works with clients on become with their finger sensitivity, um, so that you know what it does. It allows clients to read through these lines of characters, and they have to find a one character that feels differently. Oh. And it's kind of like a so it really kind of works, and they can because some clients, you know. They might not be able, to, you know, because of callous, callous fingers, or yes, they can actually they can actually train other fingers using this system. Wow, you know, so if they're if they're maybe say their index and middle finger are too callous to use, maybe they could read braille with their ring finger or their pinky or whatever. Um, you know, kind of learn to to adapt in a different way. Yeah, that is so interesting. So with all the different programs, Ross, I know there's so much to talk about. We've got about nine minutes left. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about like the arts and culture and the recreation program. Now the arts and culture. So is I looked online and it said like gardening and sports. So is this for everybody's just individual interest? It is. I mean, our activity coordinator, um, Megan, she will, you know, organize different a variety of activities throughout the year. In fact, she, she already has her game plan for 2024, um, you know, laid out, uh, not exact dates yet, but, 
you know, it, it, she does a, a pretty good uh, way of kind of mixing it up. You know, so like in January, for example, we have soap and candle making coming up. Ah, you no. Know, uh, so we have a volunteer who's going to teach that. You know, we have snowshoeing and skiing for blind youth and adults coming up. You know, mm-hmm. um, I know in the summer, of course, we're going to do, uh, or it's closer to spring and summer, we'll do beat baseball and, oh, yeah. um, and our tandem bike riding. Um, you know, so we're going to mix in a lot of different things. Um, you know, we, we partner up with other agencies, uh, like radio talking books when it comes to the audio described plays. Mm-hmm. We've done that in the past. Uh, you know, so we, we really try to mix it up in different activities. And, you know, for anybody who has questions about that, feel free to visit our website, www.outlooken.org. And you can see all the list of our activities. Very good. Now, Ross, you had told me that you have a bunch of new ideas that you would like to implement, and I'm guess that eventually you'll get to those. Are are these ideas that you can share with us? Right now, you know, I'm I'm hoping to just kind of expand on the the programs we have, and Mm -hmm. I know that our big capital campaign right now is where we are going to expand into uh, another emptied out section of our building. We're going to work on um, expanding our enrichment center and kind of create a, a larger space for that for this program. Um, but I just want to, you know, really want to focus on you know expanding our Braille education and and what we offer there. You know, the offer remote um, training and also in person training. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just kind of keep expanding on their services. You know, expanding the number of clients we have coming in. You know, so just you know, because that's what we need right now. We need to kind of get more clients in the building and uh, and, and get as many people uh, with skills as, as and the tools they need. Yeah, absolutely. So when you have clients come in, are they mostly from the Omaha metro area or they come? do they come farther? Generally, yeah. Clients who come into the building are mostly the Omaha metro. Uh, we've had clients come in from Lincoln and Fremont and other neighboring cities. Mm-hmm. Um we do work remotely with clients from all across the country. We got a client down in Alabama, Atlanta, um, California. Uh, you know, so we wow, work with clients okay. you know, virtually uh, just as much as we do work in person. Uh, you know, mostly our remote clients are clients working on adaptive technology or Braille. Okay. Um, you know, for independent living or cane travel, that that's mostly in, that's going to be in person. Sure. What about, uh, I know that you help with employment. Is that something you can do virtually as well? We could. You know, that's something we need to expand more on uh, in the future. Um, you know, of course, clients can always work, talk with our you know, human resources manager. Um, not just about opportunities at Outlook, but just in general with, you know, resume building or, you know, other services out there. Um mm-hmm. You know, we, we are not a VR agency, you know, so of course the Nebraska Commission for the Blind and Vision Impaired are definitely the first place you should go if a blind person has career goals. Um, but we will certainly work with a client, you know, and that, that's something that, that's something that I personally would handle, um, you know, working with clients in that, that capacity. Well, I also read, too, on your website that you also help employers adhere to the ADA accessibility guidelines. I love that. Do you find that there's a lot of work left to do here in Omaha in regards to that? 
to a certain extent, I think a lot of employers have learned that, well, at least you at least hope they've learned um, that they need to, you know, you know, make sure their websites and their, their computer systems are accessible for blind, blind, uh, blind customers, as well as their blind employees. Right. Um, things course change technology, you know, uh, they might update a computer system here or there. And then all of a sudden, you know, the software, the screen reader doesn't work with that new computer system. I've heard that happen here locally. I won't say any particular companies, but, um, yeah, so yeah, we can be a resource, uh, to work with companies, you know, say, Hey, you know, we can test out websites. We can, you know, uh, we can offer our services, you know, to test out their equipment. Um, you know, so we can, we can certainly work with people, um, and, you know, and, and employers, you know, to say, right. hey, you know, this is what we noticed. Uh, here's some difficulty here. Maybe you guys can address this. Yeah, totally. I love that. So out of all these programs, Ross, that you've got to oversee and all the people, is there a program that is really the most beloved or the one that is really always full? Or is there a favorite program that people attend that they need the most? Our most popular program programs that we that are utilized by clients are obviously our adaptive technology and then our recreational activities. Wow. Um, obviously, you know, we may have more people come to a recreational activities than seeking skills, you know, blindness skills. Right. And that's fine. You know, they want to have that, that sense of community. You know, they want to be able to go into, you know, an, you know a recreational activity and know that it doesn't matter that they're blind, you know, yeah. that things have been adapted, whether it's, just coming for a Saturday afternoon and playing bingo with a, you know, a group of 20, 30 people, um, you know, that they, they'll have, you know, an accessible bingo card, um, or that, you know, they want it like, Hey, I used to do a lot of bike riding. Okay. Well, yeah, we have tandem bike rides. Come, we got volunteers who will, you know, be the driver, you know, get back out there, you know, that, you know, there's, you know, what I always tell people is that, you know, blindness, shouldn't hold you back right. from doing what you love, you know, unless you're a race car driver, you know, blinded should hold you right. back, okay. you know, from what you used to do, you know, yeah. it's just a matter of learning how to adapt and what to, you know, some, you know, tricks, you know, sometimes we have to teach ourselves yes. and like, okay, well, how would I do this? And sometimes people have trouble with that. So we can work with you. Um, you know, we're not an expert in all things, but, you know, learning to problem solve, is it's a skill in itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Ross, tell us again, your website, if people want to get more information on any of the programs or anything that Outlook Enrichment offers. Yes. Um, so if they, if people have any questions, they can call me at 531-365-5320 or our website is www.outlooken.org, outlookenrichment.org. Outlook.en.org. Um, yeah, feel free to contact me anytime. I'll be happy to answer any questions, talk to you more about our services. Uh, and if you have any questions, feel f- please, please to call me anytime. Definitely. Once again, your number was 531-365-5320. And then the um, website is Outlook, 
E-N.org. And so you've heard it yourself. So if you've got anything that you need, give Ross a call. He's the new program manager over at Outlook Enrichment. Ross, it's been so good to talk to you, and I can't wait to see what you have in store. And we'll check in with you again as you go along in this job, okay? I appreciate that. Thank you. All Thank right, you for Ross. The time. Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. And that is our last community conversation for the year. Thanks for listening.